Welcome back to episode 12 of Straight Out of Sunrise Panthers Nation podcast. I'm your host, Max Rive. And let me tell you, it has been a very fulfilled past couple of performances from the Florida Panthers. Um, the entertaining comebacks, the entertaining games. Um, there's been no shortage of, uh, of thrill over the past and the course of the past uh, week or so. Um, and as we've mentioned plenty, uh, in the past, there are no dull moments with this team, and we we should know that already. That they're always looking to uh, for a scare, and like we said, known around the league, the comeback cats, but formerly known to to the Panther fan and the Panther Nation as the cardiac cats because they they have been raising blood pressure left, right, and center as uh, as a recent. So um, it's been uh, it's been very fun to watch. Uh, in the end, the end result has been good, but. Uh, not so much during because uh, the the blood pressure gets raised for sure. But you know what? Who else to who else better to talk about it uh, than bringing on to the show and welcoming him on for the very first time? Uh, Florida Panthers digital content manager, beat writer, um, journalist Jamison Olive, and um, Jamison Olive is a great guy for for everything Panthers news and um, everything he does for the Florida Panthers. We're we're so uh, so thankful to be able to have him on. So without further ado. Here's Jameson. Hey, Jameson, how's it going? Great, great. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm glad uh, glad we found the time here. Um, like you said, busy times with the Florida Panthers. Uh, lots of exciting stuff going around uh, the Panther Nation and the territory, as we all know, um, as uh, the regular season kind of ticks down. And uh, we're so lucky to have the pleasure to, to get you on here and uh, – talk about the cats and uh but considering this the first time we've had you on here um and hopefully we can we can do it again uh another time and uh in the future but kind of just start first and foremost but telling us about yourself um kind of how and uh what you do for the panthers uh where you went to school where you grew up and kind of whatever else you want to throw in there yeah no so like i've been around the panthers for about uh, about a decade now a long time on you it doesn't, it seems long and then it doesn't, but then you realize the Panthers have only been around for what, you know, 28, 29 years at this point. So it's a good chunk of actually the franchise's history, but I've seen a lot in that time. I've learned a lot um, as far as like my journey goes um, right out of school. I really wasn't into reporting or writing or anything like that. Of course, it was things I did for fun, but it wasn't like my, my dream job or anything like that immediately out of college. Uh, I, I worked a couple different other jobs, but then I had um, the opportunities, so this must have been 12, 13 or 11, 12 um, to um, cover the team a little bit for Fox Sports Florida. Um, I was working at a blog at the time. So someone for fun on the side and someone that I met that was working at Fox said, you know, hey, uh, they could use someone to cover the Panthers a little bit because this was back when Fox regions had, you know, their own websites and their own web reporters and things. And obviously now it's they don't really have that as much. They do a little bit, but it was a lot bigger back then. Um, so I started covering the team for Fox. I was maybe doing that, uh, you know, two days a week or something like that. Nothing crazy. Also doing some desk editing. And then from that, I took on more responsibilities. They asked if I wanted to cover the dolphins. So I got to cover the dolphins, uh, pretty regularly, which was awesome. That was just a totally, you know, completely different experience than hockey, but you know, something you also learn a lot doing just 
different personalities, different setup, you know, different media environment. So that was really, really cool. Um, and I did a little baseball too on the side here and there, but overall that was fun. Uh, I ended up leaving my other job to pursue that more full time. Um, wasn't, wasn't paying a ton, but you kind of have to take the leap sometimes. So I did there. Um, and that lasted about two years until, like I said, Fox went from having all regional, you know, writing and all the regions and stuff like that to uh, get rid of it all and pivoting completely to, you know, national video. So I was out of a job there for a hot second. Um, but because they lost you know, the Fox coverage, the Panthers, you know, they still wanted the web articles and whatnot. So they asked if I wanted to, you know, join them as a freelancer. So uh, I worked another job while I was freelancing for the Panthers for about three years. And that was, you know, maybe five articles a week, you know, covering the team every single game, um, coming to practices when I could, when it didn't conflict with my other job. And then from that, you know, I got hired full time and I've been doing that full time with the Panthers for about five years now. Um, it, it's been fun. I've been able to do a lot of different things. Of course, you know, I started, I was just, you know, doing the web articles and then I started the podcast networks and I do that along with uh, Doug Plagan. So yeah, I taught myself how to produce podcasts and edit audio and use all the Adobe suites that I could. Um, and that's, you know, every week now that's every game. We do the five minute morning skate every week. We do territory talk. We've only missed one week in you know, four years or so. Um, that was something out of our control, but we're really proud of just the streak we've had going. And then now I'm doing a lot of esports stuff as well. In 2020, we launched FLA Panthers Gaming. So I run that. I run the social accounts. I run our tournaments through the rival gaming platform. So I started really obviously as a traditional reporter, but now, you know, as the, the landscape evolves and all, you know, the world evolves and content evolves, I now have, you know, writing, podcasting, and gaming kind of all meshed together here under one roof. So I enjoy doing all three. It's really fun. It's really unique. And it's just three things that actually do work very well together, especially with the Panthers, which is just, you know, a great place to work, a great team to work with. Um, and that when I say team, I mean both my coworkers and of course, you know, the players themselves are always down to make content with us. So um, it's been a crazy 10 years. It's been a lot of different changes, but at the same time, not a lot changed as well, because it's been just the Panthers being a constant since then. Yeah, no, for sure. And you talked about uh, different changes here and there, but what better time than now? The Panthers being one of the top teams and in the National Hockey League doing some incredible things, especially this season. But um, even just leading up over the last couple of years, um, like you said, you got the, the podcast going with your uh, your co-host, Doug Plagans, and uh, doing an incredible job. Like you said, you haven't missed, you've only missed one week in about um, how many years or uh, Man, four years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that is incredible. Um, and especially just like the small kind of smaller uh, branches off um, podcasts and kind of um, fan pages and uh, fan affiliated things with the Panthers. Um, if it's being um, Panther Puri or um, even straight of the sunrise uh, we have here, um, just kind of basing it off that it kind of gives you, gives you kind of influence to, to, uh, to kind of take the next, next step. And I'm always, I'm always looking at what you or um, uh, David Dwork, who I've had on here in the past, um, what, what you guys are posting. And um, if it's the lines, the, the morning skates, um, uh, like you talked about the five minute morning skate um, and just kind of keeping up with that information. And you even talked about to kind of getting into the, the esports sides of things and um, always keeping it fun and entertaining and um, what better team to do it. Uh, with them, the Florida Panthers, um, just an incredible team. Um, like you said, both both the hockey uh, standpoint um, mm -hmm. and and the people um, around, just making it so so incredible. And uh, but yeah, um, kind of moving on here um, to just kind of start off with a little Q and A, and then we'll talk about 
um, how inc- the incredible things and uh, the excitement over the last little bit um, oh. and what the things looked like for the cats. But yeah, what does a day in the workplace, uh, I shouldn't say typical day in the workplace because I know every day <laughs> is different and uh, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. Um, but a, a typical at-home game day, what does that look like for you, Jameson? Well, like you said, there really isn't a typical day, especially like you said, now that we do so many different things. Um, but if I do like the most base level typical day, um, which is like a day where nothing crazy comes up, maybe it's a typical game day, let's just say a typical, you know, Tuesday game against Ottawa or something like that. Um, you get to work, you know, you get to work probably around, you know, 8.45, 9. Uh, you get ready, you kind of plan for what you're going to you know, do for the game in terms of game preview. You look, uh, you look at the game notes, you get some stats ready, you get your questions ready, you decide who you want to talk to. So um, once, you know, morning skate begins around 10 o'clock, uh, you get there a little bit early, usually around, you know, half hour early, see if any injured guys are skating beforehand, see if anyone's out there. You never know what you're going to get if you get there early. And sometimes you do get some good little nuggets or, you know, snap a pick of a guy who's coming back from an injury. And people love that on social, obviously. But um, once skate begins, you just keep your eyes peeled. Mainly, I'm just looking for lines every time, because especially in today's world, and this is just becoming more and more valuable, the most valuable thing we have, honestly, to put out there into the world is the lines of the goaltender, just because as sports gambling becomes bigger and bigger, and whether that's, you know, actual gambling or, you know, DraftKings or daily fantasy, all those things, people in the world need to know, you know, who's going to be on the ice and who's going to be in net uh, just for their own purposes. Even, even if they're not Panthers fans, they could care less about hockey or the Panthers. They might be involved in the gambling side and those are the most valuable things we have. So I, I honestly find some of the best engagement we get is just with the lines or, you know, who, who Bruno says the starting goaltender is. So, always really important to get that. You got to keep your eyes peeled to make sure you, you pay attention to lines. You can't be chatting too much. Uh, you got to keep your eyes on the ice. So while that's going on, you also decide, you know, who you want to talk to. You talk to the PR department and you tell them, Hey, you know, I want Mason Marshman today, or, Hey, you know, I'm working on this thing with Claude. I want Drew today. So you do all that. You head down, you talk to the players you requested. You talk to coach. If uh, you're working on something else, maybe you get a one-on-one off to the side, typically not on game days. That's more of a practice thing. You get one-on-ones, but um, after that, you head back, you write your, your game preview, you do your five-minute morning skate. Uh, five-minute morning skate, I basically just, you know, chop up the preview, send a script over to Doug Plagans, our radio guy. He reads it back. I, I splice it together with some audio clips uh, from the morning from the guys and coach, um, and that gets put out, you know, all of that gets put, put out between the five-minute morning skate, the preview probably around noon, between noon and one most days. Um, and then, you know, there's a gap there where, you know, I, I knock out the other stuff. If, you know, the other day it was I had to mail a bunch of pucks and jerseys that people won through our esports gaming tournaments, and that takes time. So, or I, I have to get ahead of another story I'm working on that's separate from, you know, just the typical bare bones game preview, things like that. So that's kind of time to do that. It's also a time where meetings pop up. You got marketing meetings, you got content meetings. That all fills the time. And then probably around four o'clock, run home, you know, put a suit on, change out of the work polo, put a suit on, come back around five you know, 5.30, eat dinner with, you know, Katie Gauze or anyone who's down there, Jess Blaylock, if she's around um, in the cafeteria. Then you head up around six o'clock, get ready for the game. Warm-ups come, you confirm the lines again, you put them out again, and then it's, it's game on, you know, it's seven o'clock. And then, you know, you cover the game, whether that's on social, whether that's writing the stories, the game goes along, the five takeaways that I do every game. Uh, post-game, you talk to the guys, you finish it up. And then, I mean, you're usually done. I'm pretty usually probably heading home around. 11, 11.30, and then you start it over the next day. So there's full days in the season. Obviously, the off season, you have a little bit more freedom. 
uh, to kind of, you know, brainstorm things for the upcoming season, you know, to really live, let things marinate and, you know, work on some passion projects and things like that. But especially this time of the season when we have, you know, typically four games a week, there's not a lot of downtime. You're pretty locked into a pretty tight schedule. No, exactly. And especially with the playoffs right around the corner, um, yeah. it's going to be uh, jam-packed there and a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Um, and you talked about how you, you go up, up into the broadcast booth, you got, grab some dinner, and then you head up there. Um, and a question I always get from some of my peers and some of my friends, because uh, more recently on Twitter, I've been kind of um, trying to follow in the footsteps of what you've been kind of putting on mm-hmm. on Twitter is kind of doing live game updates on Twitter. And, and for people that can't cover the game uh, or can't watch the game um, due to work or whatnot, or if they're busy, um, just to have those live updates. But a question I always get um, from, from my peers and my, some of my friends is what, why would you want to do that? Why would you like, uh, you're typing on your computer the whole time, putting things out there. You don't even get to enjoy and watch the game, but uh, I, I find it fun. Can you kind of talk about kind of that standpoint of things and always just being ready to go, uh, send out a tweet and, um, cause you're always, you're always quick on the jump to send, send something out. If it's Barkov <laughs> scoring a, a beautiful goal or, or uh, uh, Huberto and Barkoff Pepper and John Gibson last night where uh, he was at the point where he didn't even want to get up off the ice. Um, can you kind of talk about that and uh, how, how you're always just kind of um, kind of one step ahead and um, how, how you still can enjoy the game while kind of working at the same time? Yeah, no, you got your eyes on the ice and your fingers on the keyboard, and that's just kind of how you have to do it. And I mean, I really don't miss anything. If you do it right, you really don't miss anything. And that's because I really, at this point, I evolved over the years. I really don't tweet play-by-play. I think it's excessive at this point. I think only the things I really tweet are, you know, big moments. If there's like a fight or something, or if something really interesting happens, or a stoppage in play, or something crazy happens. But for the most part, it's mostly just goals. I just tweet, you know, hey, Barkov scored, you know, 1-1 game. And then within that, you know, minute and a half until the puck drops, whether, you know, showing replays and celebrating and hitting the goal horn, uh, I can immediately screen capture, clip the goal and put that up on social. So I have the goal tweeted out and the highlight clip tweeted out in probably a, a minute and a half, two minutes. And then my eyes are right back on the ice and the game's going again. So um, I think it's really just kind of putting value in what you tweet. I used to tweet out, you know, hey, Pampas to the power play or all these little things that really don't have value in that sense. It doesn't matter that you tweet the Panthers are going to power play if they do nothing with it, you know? So it's just better to wait, tweet after, you know, hey, Barkov scores in the power play. I really don't think anyone's scanning their phones waiting to find out if the Panthers are on the penalty kill or if, you know, they killed off a penalty or, or, or anything like that. So I think less is more these days on Twitter, I found. So, you know, really quick little tweet updates, quotes, and videos. So, um, and then when it comes to actually writing the stories, of course, you have to get out ahead of that or else you're you're working really late trying to write, you know, 1500 words right after a game. So I, the best way to do that is there's, there actually are a good amount of stoppages in hockey, whether it's timeouts, whether it's TV timeouts, cleaning the ice, you know, getting the Zam out there, of course, during intermissions as well. That's kind of when I do that. I get, I, I get all the notes in my head and then I put them out there during those stoppages. So we're not stuck at the game too late writing everything. So I, it's a balance. You learn it, but it definitely isn't hard to, to work and watch a game at the same time. Yeah, no, for sure. And like you said, a little excessive to go play by play. And uh, like I said, following your footsteps as well, kind of just getting, uh, if there's a goal or there's a, there's a, a fight or um, something, something really important's happening. Um, you like to get it out there and um, just kind of make sure people kind of get the gist of what's going on and kind of the exciting moments. Um, and then you talked about kind of jotting your ideas down and making sure um, eyes on the ice and, and fingers on the keyboard. Um, and then when it comes to after the game, you, you're always 
um, down to, to interview the players and um, see what they get, kind of get their afterthoughts of uh, a big win or, or a tough loss. Um, how, how, how incredible is it uh, to have the chance to talk to um, some, some incredible talent like the Florida Panthers have in their locker room? No, it's awesome. And I never take it for granted. And like I said, I've been doing it for, for a long time now. So I particularly know how special it is to talk to these guys in particular and this team. Um, and people always say, you know, obviously you start as a fan, but you really do kind of lose that fandom after a while and not in a negative sense, just that it, it really does become something more, but less at the same time. Like I, I really do cherish getting to talk to Barky and Hoobie and Weeks and those guys, but more just because I care about them as people and their careers and people that I've, you know, talked to a lot over the last, you know, long, long time. So it's less I, I care about, you know, talking to Panthers defenseman Mackenzie Weger or Panthers superstar center Alexander Brokov more. It's like, oh, man, I just super psyched to talk to Barky today and really happy he's playing well and all these good things. And I think that just comes from this, you know, really being an all in job. I mean, this is a job you do, you know, 78 hours a week during the season. You, you invest your whole life into it. And, you know, you know, the players do as well. So I think you kind of meet in the middle there. But it's in terms of being able to interview post game. It, it's great. Um, you know, I'm obviously the team reporter. I'm not out to get these guys ever. I'm, I'm there to not even toss softballs, but, you know, ease them into interviews, you know, just ask simple stuff about the game or, you know, ask simple, like, you know, the other day I was asking Duke about, you know, what it means to join the 30 goal club for the first time in his career, um, things like that. So I think it's, it's important to, you know, every team has it these days to have a, a friendly face in the audience when you're out there, you know, fielding questions from the media, especially now when those media throngs are getting bigger and bigger as this team, you know, heads towards the playoffs. So, um, it's something I, I, I love it. I've, I've loved to do very you know, so many times over the years and I, I do miss the locker room setting. Hopefully we get back to that once we're, we're farther clear out of COVID because just being able to walk up to a guy next to his stall and chat for 10 minutes about, you know, that's when you get the really, really good stuff, the really good nuggets. But even now just, you know, not being on zoom anymore, being able to, you know, talk to a guy when he's at a podium, it's just, it, it's great. You can't beat it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you talked about that part of, uh, you kind of lose that fan point, uh, like that fan standpoint, um, to more just uh, getting to know them and talking to them as a person. And I was kind of talking to my cousin about that the other day. Um, and even though Mackenzie Weger is my cousin and I, I always like to see him do well and I'm always rooting for him, um, when he's playing. Um, but it's just so cool to be able to talk to him, um, as a, as a person, and even the different players I've had on here, uh, Matt Kierstead joined me and uh, some of the different prospect, prospects of it was Braden Hashe or Seren Noel. I was just saying to my cousin how cool it was just to be able to talk to them and kind of get to get to know them um, without being just a being a fanboy about it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it, it's it's that that, that uh, personal connection and just kind of um, to be able to just kind of get to know them and um, kind of respect them. And although though you do always want them to do well and you're always rooting for them, um, you, you just want to get to know them as well. Um, and kind of moving back to the, the typical day in the workplace as there is no typical day um, going over to what it's like kind of traveling with the team. Um, mm -hmm. If it may be a lengthy road trip, uh, like back in, in, uh, when they went out West to West Canada, um, that really long one there, the one they just had there where they played, uh, I think it was like seven consecutive games away mm -hmm. on the road, but with, with a little break in between, what's it like, um, on a day, day in the workplace, a game day traveling with the team? Oh, it's awesome. That's the, I think that's honestly the, the, the most fun I have It's not because you travel with the team, but you get to go places. Um, and visit places and stay in places you never would normally if you weren't, you know, with the team. And 
Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I probably get to travel 30, 40% of the season. Um, I've been to, you know, probably a little more than half the arenas in the league and they're all special in their own way, especially as a hockey fan, just getting to see the, the insides of these places, the inner workings, you know, the event levels and the locker rooms and all that good stuff. But um, the, the funny thing about me is I know when I'm on a road trip, I am the least important person on the road trip by far. You know, there, you got the players, you got the management, you got the trainers, you have the PR people and you just go down the list and you keep going and they're at the very bottom of me. So that's the thing about that is that you got to be humble. You, you can't get in the way, um, you know, it always, you know, first to arrive, last to leave type mentality when it comes to planes and buses and things like that. But it, it, it's great. I mean, it, it, you, you get on the road, you know, obviously you land in a city, you bus over to the hotel, you get settled. Typically you're, you're working on something. And I, honestly, I think I get more work done on the road just because you, you do kind of live in a little bubble on the road with your hotel room and things like that. Um, and you just also feel the need to produce more on the road because it is such a privilege and you really got to earn it when you're out there. But, you know, you, you leave, you bump into guys in the lobby, you, you say, you know, hey, where are you going tonight? Maybe you bump into a guy at dinner, things like that. And it's just such a cool element to be back on the road, too, specifically after, you know, COVID and not being able to do all those great things and go out and actually explore these places. But in terms of getting to new arenas, it's so fun, especially places you've never been before. You, you show up on the bus. I always make sure to take the – there's two buses. Um when you're on the road, there's the first bus and the second bus. They leave about 30 minutes apart. Always make sure if you're me to take the first bus, just so you, you learn where to go with everyone right when you get there. You, you make sure you take the, the left instead of the right when you get into a building and you end up where you need to be. Uh, you get your credential, you settle in, you you walk into, you know, through the Zam Tunnel, you climb up the stands. And you just basically find a place to hang and sit until the guys eventually do hit the ice uh, for practice. So you typically work on your computer, snap, snap a few photos, things like that. But um, in, in terms of just traveling, it's just you, you see such a different side of the players and the team. You really do kind of live it in a little bit. And you really do get a sense. Like, obviously, right now, everyone's talking about the Panthers and, and the vibe. And, you know, players talk about that and just, you know, how close the team is. And we hear it and we see it and we know it. But to be actually, you know, in the midst of it and feel it, it really is so true. And I, like I said, I've, I've been around a, a lot of different Panthers teams. And this really is, you know, just such a unique group and watching them interact and watching just like I said living in it a little bit there on the road is just so fun to be a part of so um you definitely learn more when you're on the road and you definitely get more out of it and like I said it's just such a such a huge privilege so you know the, the biggest thanks for you know me being on the road just goes to you know everyone of the Panthers who believes in you know the coverage and things like that yeah without a doubt and uh like you said, you get get a lot more work done too, a little bit more um, than you would kind of be in your little own bubble. Uh, but I think we got to know where where has been your favorite place uh, that you've been to with the team that's just been like, wow, what an incredible complex, what an incredible city, uh, what what place or where where uh, where this year or kind of the past seasons um, have you kind of had those effects. Uh, that's tough. I've always, I still have not gone to Madison Square Garden, and I grew up, you know, up in the Northeast, so that's like a, a big goal of mine. But the problem is, usually that's a part of like a, a three-day trip. We usually we do like Islanders, Rangers, or Devils, Rangers, and it's like a it's like a two-day up and back, so it's not really worth the added coverage. So I typically don't make those, but um, that's on the bucket list. Definitely want to make it to MSG someday. But in terms of like places I've been. I had a great time when we went to Vancouver for the draft and I, I really do love draft traveling more because you settle in for, you know, four days or so. So you really get to explore places and you really get to, you know, meet people and rub elbows and, you know, see your counterparts from across the leagues. So the draft's actually my favorite kind of travel type event, but in terms of road trips, I, we were actually just in Ottawa and I'd never been to Ottawa. And I, I preface this by saying like, I, my, my judgment of a place when we're on the road is what I can walk to within 10 minutes of the hotel so it's not a not a fair representation of cities. So, like, for example, I think if maybe I was 
going somewhere for a week, I don't want to go to Montreal or Ottawa. But if I'm, you know, on the road with the Panthers, I want to go to Ottawa because I like where I can walk to within 10 minutes there compared to where I can walk to within 10 minutes of the hotel in Montreal. So actually, I will say I was really impressed with Ottawa. I liked the downtown area. I got a beaver tail. Uh, I went to a couple of fun restaurants, things like that. So big fan of Ottawa. I got a nice haircut there too. So haircuts are nice in Ottawa. But uh, as far as buildings go, you know, I, I went to Toronto for the first time. That was special. I always love going to Montreal. I think that the atmosphere of that building is absolutely insane. And I was, you know, bumping to a couple of nice fans there as well. Um, Nashville's great. You know, we, we did a couple of preseason games at Tulsa, Oklahoma at the box center. That was really unique and fun. Um, we did a preseason game at Amway up at Orlando and I'm a magic fan. So that was really cool getting to, you know, you know, be where the magic are, but covering a hockey game. And other than that, you know, there's just so many good venues. I, I love going to Carolina. I loved, you know, um, going to Edmonton was really special and fun. Detroit is probably my favorite building experience. Uh, they have the best media meal in the entire league. Detroit does. It's it's insane. Of course, it's Little Caesars Arena, so you get a lot of pizza. But um, I really have not been to a place yet where I'm like, eh, don't need to come back here. Like, I really – everywhere's got its charm. Yeah, exactly. And like you talked about downtown Ottawa, and I I, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a true Canadian if I didn't touch on uh, Ottawa a bit as well. So, yeah, <laughs> but it, it, must, it must have been nice being right downtown around everything, like you said. Yeah. And, and, of course, riding in on the uh, the train, I think you guys came in on. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that was so fun. That, that that had to be, yeah, pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, and you talked about uh, definitely got to get over to MSG. That's got to be uh, the incredible atmosphere. Um, just just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and kind of, kind of moving forward here now, and I know it's going to be hard to pinpoint one thing. Um, and it always is so hard when I ask this question, but what is your favorite part about the job? Ooh, that is hard. Um, honestly, favorite part, it's a little sappy, but my fiance, soon to be wife also works for the team. And I just love that we get to work together. Uh, we don't work together directly like every day. I maybe see her maybe once or twice at work each day, but just being able to share your career kind of in some ways with, with your, your significant others. Very cool. So I think that's the ultimate coolest thing that, you know, is so unique about the Panthers and all that. And uh, uh, that's just something I'll never take for granted. It's been just such a great part and makes, you know, going to work so much better. But aside from that, because that's very unique to me, I feel like, and just kind of a little, a little sappy, it's not very sports uh, related. So sports related, you know, number one thing of the job that I love is I just love, I love that every day is different. I, I, I've had jobs before where you go in and you punch the clock and you kind of knock through the same spreadsheets and do the same stuff every single day. But for the Panthers, your, your job is literally dictated by what the team's doing on the ice and the, what the team's doing changes every day. The stories change every day. So I think just the, 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 the lack of continuity is really cool. I've never had, you know, two same days in a row. And I think that's really special and really unique to sports. So it's that and it's the guys. It's it's getting to the fact that I, you know, covered Alexander Barkov since his first game in the league. And now here he is, you know, about to kick in, you know, an eight-year contract extension, one of the top players in the league. So it's those long-term relationships too as well. It's really special. Yeah, no, it's it's got to be. And uh, like you said, every day is different. Uh, no dry moments, especially with the incredible team they've got now and some uh, some great things ahead of us. Um, hopefully to, for them to make a deep playoff run and especially next year too, uh, hosting the all-star game, um, which, which will be pretty incredible and pretty fun to cover. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite sure. Um, but kind of moving on to the kind of the hockey standpoint now. And like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the cats have been on a very entertaining, uh, team season all, all like all season long. And, 
Um, but most recently over the past couple of weeks, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been entertaining, um, uh, from a, from a fan standpoint for sure. Um, but the comeback cats are formerly known, <laughs> formerly known as the cardiac cats, uh, digging themselves out of two, four goal deficits, um, in the span of two or three games, I, I think it was three games or something like that, but I just got to know. Um, as someone who gets to experience the energy and the excitement of the team, knowing that when they're down four goals going into a third period, um, that they can come back and win that game still, um, and the excitement of this team on a daily basis. Yeah, no, it's just absolutely insane. And you know, talk about uh, that belief and that belief, it starts with, it's every guy in the room, every guy in the room believes that, but of course it starts with leaders like, you know, Patrick Hornquist, Barkov, Kubi, those guys, but every guy on that team believes. And I remember um, the Toronto game when they were down five, one Barky was the one that told us, you know, even down five, one Ryan Lombard was on the bench saying, come back hats. You know, here we come, baby, here we come, come back hats. And, you know, guys believe that guys aren't just messing around and, you know, it just takes one. And who said that it takes a spark. And this team is showing that once they get that spark, even if they're not coming back from a deficit, it, even if they're down one goal, if they get a spark and they just get a little momentum, it just, it just balloons into something even bigger. So um, they have the belief, but I think it's also important they have the ability. Uh, some teams can have the belief, but not the ability. The Panthers know that, you know, they believe. And if all, you know, all, all four lines are going, all four lines are scoring, all four lines are deadly, all three D pairs are clicking, you know, Bob and Spencer back there, you know, kicking it and just playing great. So I think the belief plus ability is the biggest thing for the Panthers and why they, you know, do have such a great chance here to make a deep run in the playoffs and, you know, maybe even hoist the Stanley cup. I know knock on wood, we're all hoping, but uh, it's, for a team, I, the belief, I think, was there first. Uh, and I think the more they were able to do these things, the more confident they got and the more it just became this great big thing that, you know, the guys really do believe in. I think, you know, they're not going to be down 5-1 in playoff games, but they are going to be down, you know, 2-1 with three minutes left. And I think that's where you're going to see the, that mentality, you know, resurface again in the playoffs is the fact that, you know, just the never out of it. It doesn't matter what the deficit is. It's never out of it. And for, you know, a team that wants to go far, you have to have that mentality and they have it. Yeah. The incredible things you see on the ice with team, this team all year long and last year too. Um, but even more apparent this year, um, bringing in players like Claude Giroux, uh, Ben Chirot, big addition as well, Robert Hag, uh, even, and just kind of um, even adding to that, that excitement um, and, and what they've done. Uh, and, and one thing, um, it, it's so it's so uh, cool as a fan standpoint and someone that covers uh, the Panthers, I'm sure, is the camaraderie of this team um, mm. and the unselfishness and the overall satisfactory uh, of the other players seeing each other have success. Um, this is what you want uh, with the skill this team has mixed with the morales. Um, this team is without a doubt one of the scariest powerhouses in the league, and it's going to be something uh, incredible to see as they move into the playoffs. Yeah, no, hundred percent. They're they 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 are terrifying if you're an opposing team, but of course, uh, we're all just so nervous. You know, this team has not won a playoff series since 1996, and I've said before that I think out of everything, I think if you win that first round, it's more smooth sailing after than you would think it might be, just because that is such a mountain. And if they can just get over that and climb, you know, that peak. I think the view they're going to see from up there is going to, you know, be something that tells them, you know, Hey guys, let's keep going. We can do this. We got one, you know, we slayed that dragon. Let's just keep going and see what happens because 
uh, we see it in individual games, but I think we're also going to start seeing it in the playoffs and in series. And as the playoffs roll along, as the more confident this team, this team gets, the more lethal and dangerous uh, they get out there. So um, they come this far. They're not done yet. No one's satisfied. Uh, it'd be nice to get the Atlantic Division banner. I think they are going to get it. But even that's just a nice little thing they're going to put in their back pocket. You know, they want the ultimate prize here. Yeah. And uh, Bruno talked about it, too. Um, and I'm sure you can kind of recite it better than I could, but talking about, <laughs> talking about the, uh, the four, one deficits and kind of or four goal deficits and kind of coming back in those games is that he doesn't, doesn't want to make it a habit, but, um, it is incredible to see this team kind of dig themselves out of those holes and, um, to be able to bounce, like bounce back like that. And I, I, I tweeted about it before, um, the resiliency of this team is unmatched. Um, and like you said, the leadership group players, um, players that are leaders that aren't even wearing letters. There's so many, there's only so many letters that can go around. Um, but I'm sure, uh, if it was unlimited, almost every player on the team would be wearing one. Um, you got players like Claude Giroux, uh, just an all-time leader, uh, serving as the Philadelphia Flyers captain for years on end, um, playing over a thousand games, kind of coming close to, uh, very close actually to his a thousandth point. Um, and just, and you see, even with, uh, Aaron Ekblad's absence, Mackenzie Weger now wearing a, wearing a letter. Um, and it's incredible to see Jameson and, uh, I, I just, I can't wait to see what they do moving forward. Yeah. And I honestly believe you, you mentioned guys like Drew and obviously Joe Thornton and Hornquist. And there's just so many lovable guys that came from elsewhere on the team. Obviously we love the homegrown guys like Huberdo and Barkinek and all those guys. But I, I really do think because of the Drews and the Hornquist and the Thorns that, the moment your team's knocked out or if your team's not in the playoffs, you're rooting for the Panthers. I think they're everyone's second favorite team right now and deservedly so. They play a fun brand of hockey. They You, you never watch a Panthers game and are disappointed with what you're seeing just because it's always riveting stuff. So um, I think they've already gained a lot of fans and I think they're going to continue to gain new outside fans outside of Broward County, you know, depending on how deep they go here. And just for the fact, like I said, a lot of these guys that were secrets are now, you know, secrets out, household names. You know, Huberto, Hopefully, knock on wood, the finalist for the Hart Trophy here. A lot of people are paying attention to him now. Barky had his coming out party last season, and I feel like that's going to happen more and more with other guys on this team. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and uh, obviously, like you mentioned there, uh, Huberto um, in in the Hart Trophy uh, conversation there. Uh, but you even take take a look at Barkov, who missed uh, weeks on end uh, due to his knee and uh, different other other different injuries. Um, have, racking up 80 points and about 60 games played. So uh, it's just incredible. Um, and hopefully he gets – it's without a doubt he's going to notch a couple more in there before the season's ends. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be incredible to watch. Um, and I'm excited as a fan. Um, it's, it's just going to be so special. Yeah, and I think, you know, too, in particular, when you talk about just that excitement, is it's not just us. The players are also just so – itching to get there, especially the guys that were on the team last year that got a taste of it, you know, in that series against the Lightning. I think they've had the playoffs just circled and on their minds since, you know, game one of this season. And, and that's maybe even more impressive is the fact that it feels like the regular season with how good this team has been all season was kind of a formality. I feel like for the first time in franchise history, this was a team that you could, you know, pencil in for the playoffs the moment, you know, the season started, but they still gave 110% every single night. They're still giving 110% every single night, even though they got that spot locked up because they don't want to take their foot off the gas. They want to keep going and they want to, you know, be hot and be peaking for game one of the playoffs. That's just another sign of this team's maturity and the coaching job that Bruno's done and the leadership in the room. And 
you know, the John Belzito's done building a culture here and all those good things are just coming together to create this perfect storm of just the best Panthers team we've ever seen. Yeah. And like you said, as it's, as it's looking right now, it looks like the Panthers have that uh, Atlantic division title locked up uh, and possible even fighting, fighting for the Eastern conference title. Um, but a little right now looks like you said they're matching up against the Capitals, but uh, in that East, uh, as everyone knows, anyone that uh, that's uh, looking at the NHL or a fan of the NHL knows that anyone in that East uh, East division, especially those top teams can beat anyone on any given night. Um, and the Washington Capitals, obviously some, some scary weapons as well. Alex Ovechkin, uh, TJ Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, but uh, going into the playoffs, I think you got to be excited. Um, and like you said, kind of getting over that first round hump. Um, and from there, it's, I think it's going to be full speed ahead. Yeah. And that's the cool part about hockey is that the playoffs are, it's, it's why it's the greatest playoffs in sports because anyone can beat anyone. Anything can happen. It's not like football where if you're the best team, you get a buy in the first round or, you know, baseball, you avoid that playing game. If you, if you have a great regular season or, you know, in basketball, if you're, if you're the one eight mat- matchup in basketball, the, the one's taken that 99% of the time, just with the, the talent disparity there. But in hockey, we've seen it so many times uh, an eight can bounce a one, like it's nothing. Eights can, you know, go all the way and win the Stanley cup, like the Los Angeles Kings did. Um, so that's the scary part about the Panthers is even though they put in all this hard work, the reward isn't an easy matchup of the first round. Maybe there's teams you'd like to see more than the other, but you really can't say that. Cause like I said, a, a goalie can get hot. A team can, you know, crush you on the power play for four straight games, things like that. So I think for the Panthers, it really is just focusing on themselves and it's cliche and teams talk about it, you know, all the time that they're just focusing on their game, but that's really all you can do in hockey. You really can't, game plan that much when it comes to, you know, it'd be nice to have for this to happen. Or it'd be nice if we play this team. I really think that goes out the window and really all you can do is just be prepared to face anyone. I think the Panthers uh, are really doing that right now. That's why they're really kind of polishing all aspects of their game is for that reason. And I think that being said, the one thing they do want and the one thing that I think can help is home ice advantage, just given the fact this team is historically good at home ice this year. The fans are just, you know, really helped build in a home ice advantage for these guys. You know, I think they're 36 and 0 right now. Uh, most home wins in the league, you know, approaching a couple, uh, you know, league records, already a franchise record. So I think that's the carrot there still as this team, you know, it doesn't matter who you play, but if you can play them at home, I think they'll take that. Yeah, no, for sure. That unreal home record that they've got right now. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the top of the league, um, if not surrounding it. Um, but uh, yeah it's kind of the carrots kind of uh, what they want to get over, what they want to overcome kind of the Leafs got the Bruins um, that they're also the first round. They haven't won one in quite some time either. Um, kind of the Penguins and the Capitals had their thing clashing for a bit there. Um, but uh, you, you see them overcome, overcome and Washington won in recent history. The Penguins won two back to back. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be incredible to see what they do here in their, in their uh, last nine and then moving forward into the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's the, the good part about that last nine is they still have Toronto. They still have Boston. They there's a couple non-playoff teams in there, but they do have a couple tough tests of teams there. They could see in the playoffs. That's why I think it's going to be nice to have a couple, let's call them warm up games just against those teams. Uh, you know, before you get to the playoffs some tough matchups. Absolutely. And you're, you're going to see the New York Islanders one more time. Who's a, who's a good defensive team that will give, definitely give you a test and uh, around the league, any team can beat any team on any given night, uh, especially in that Eastern Eastern conference um, stacked with elite talent, um, especially those top teams. Like I said, um, 
but uh, yeah, they got some got some exciting things coming up. You got Toronto, uh, Tampa, Boston, um, and even uh, the scarier scarier teams being too. You see Buffalo Sabers beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last night five to two. So it's going to be some of those teams that are out of the playoffs now that are just going to give uh, give some of the playoffs teams a, a hard time moving uh, moving down the moving down the number of games left. Yeah, and that's why it's been nice to see the Panthers haven't really, you know, slipped up against those teams lately, you know. Uh, you fall behind against the Sabres, but you come out and you get that win. You know, the Ducks the other night, even with John Gibson, you know, playing like a madman in that, uh, they found a way to get that win. So I think in years past, sometimes you saw the Panthers maybe play down to their opponent a little bit, even when they had good teams. And I feel like that's just, once again, there's so many little things that, you know, good teams can fall prey to. And that was one thing the Panthers used to, uh, but not anymore. Uh, they, they, they treat every opponent with the same amount of respect. Um, and that's why their record is the way it is. They're beating the good teams. They're beating the bad teams. They're beating everyone. Uh, that's why they, you know, franchise record points, franchise record wins right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going to be entertaining to see. And so that right there uh, kind of just wraps us up, but kind of before we uh, tie things off here, um, we just got to want one more take uh, and that's nine games left in the season. Uh, Jonathan Hoover on a real pace, um, 105 points. Uh, currently doing some incredible things, 105 and 73 games, 77 assists, uh, nine games left. How many, uh, and uh, we're hoping, we're hoping Hubie plays all, all nine of them um, to, to kind of end out. How many points does Jonathan Huberto finish with when all, when it's all said and done? Oh, that's tough. Cause like you said, he could get a rest in there. I don't know if he gets the rest because the Panthers could lock up the division, knock on wood. Uh, in a couple games here so he might get a rest on that last road trip but if he doesn't if maybe he wants if the heart you know the art ross trophy you know if, if that's up for grabs um he's at 105 right now nine potential being the last he's heating up and he's on 12 game point streak right now you know that's the longest of his career so you either think that he's gonna stay hot or maybe cool off a little bit but oh it's tough i'm gonna say if he's at 105 right now nine games left i'm gonna say he finishes at 118 that's my number 118. I, I like it. And then you got uh, Connor McDavid, if even three points ahead of him, unreal to be, pace. To be even this close to McDavid at this point in the season is just insane. Just for the fact that McDavid's always usually 30 points ahead of everyone else, except maybe sometimes dry saddle. So the fact that Hoobie's even in that, that atmosphere right now is just incredible. Yeah. Unreal, unreal things that uh, he's been doing and the team's been doing this year. And uh, even Sam Reinhart doing some incredible things this season with no surprise. 72 points in 70 games, um, 45 assists, 27 goals. It's, uh, it's what a great, what a great at, uh, accusation by, uh, by Bill Zito in the off season. Um, just really tying this team together. Uh, and you see Anthony Duclair, like you said, welcoming him to the, the 30 goal party, but, uh, it should be, uh, should be really interesting. And I, uh, I know we're all kind of chomping at the bit here as the, uh, the season ticked up, ticks down. Yeah, I know. I mean, like you mentioned Reinhardt, Reinhardt there for a second. I got to say, you know, Bill Zito's made so many great moves since becoming GM of the Panthers. That Reinhardt trade uh, might be just one of the best just for the fact that he is, you know, yeah, you can call him a third liner, but he's also on the top power play in it. And the third line does have Lindell and Marchman. It's just an all-world third line. So uh, that's a guy I expect to have some big games in the playoffs. And you mentioned all the other guys having career years. And it's going to be so fun to look back you know, at the end of this season, hopefully, you know, celebrating a championship, but looking back at the individual numbers for all the guys that set career highs with this team. And that's the, that's the thing. There's no passengers on this team. 
the success is so shared. Everyone's cheering for everyone. Everyone's getting at everyone's, you know, post-game milestone picks. Uh, everyone's celebrating each other. And I think that's great. But one thing I want to say before we're done here is we were talking about this yesterday. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I've just been so impressed by this. And for yourself as, you know, someone else that covers the Panthers and lives and breathes Panthers hockey, the 2020 NHL draft, I'm just becoming more and more impressed with the job that Bill Zito did because let's not forget, he was on the job, I think, month maybe or loosely a month um before that 2020 nhl draft that was held you know at that really weird time because of covid and all that but just going down what he was able to do in that draft let's just go to the draft here a second anton lindell stud incredible emil heineman Heineman, they used to get sam bennett great trade uh ty smolanic they used him to get ben Sherratt, who you know hopefully you know it really steps up here for the panthers in the playoffs a guy they really think is gonna you know play a big role down this stretch run especially if he is going to be a, a top pairing guy or just a big penalty kill guy regardless uh, they used him to you know make a big trade here at the deadline so a great asset there ty smolanic justin sort of lighting up you know for edmonton right now the oil kings i really like him uh, i think he's going to be a great player in the nhl mike benning was just no. the in the fourth, yeah, in the fourth not round to note that too, Michael Benning. Yeah, Michael Benning, fourth round, just won the most outstanding player at the Frozen Four. What a steal that's looking like. Um, Zach Younes just made the jump from Merrimack to the AHL. He looks like he's going to be a player here at some point. Casper Pudio in the fifth round, you know, two World Juniors teams for, for Finland. To find a guy that, you know, plays that kind of role at the World Juniors in the fifth round, that's really nice. Obviously, his development's going to be a little bit longer overseas, but still great value in the fifth round. Elliot Ekmark, seventh round pick. He made uh, Sweden's world junior team this year. Once again, to find a guy that can make world juniors in the seventh round, that's impressive. You know, a longer term project, but still really impressive in the seventh round. And then the ultimate pick of the seventh round, Devin Levi, which they yeah. used to get Sam Reinhardt. You know, he's looking like a great goaltending prospect, but they they made him a valuable asset in the seventh round within a span of six months to use him to be kind of the key piece of that Sam Reinhardt trade. So just between the trades, between the prospects that are still here, the amount of value and assets and asset management the Panthers were able to do with that 2020 NHL draft, you know, with Bill Zito being one month in on the job is just insane to me still. And I feel like I just need more people to talk about that way. And I feel like you're a good person for that. I just need to get that off my chest. I'm yeah. so impressed with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's incredible. And like you said, uh, he, he was only at a certain amount of time on the job before he, uh, he had to go into that draft. Um, and even like I've talked about on here um, before, is even just acquiring Patrick Hornquist right off the bat, um, kind of getting the kind of getting rid of the um, kind of parting ways of Mike Matheson, kind of sending him the other way for a little fresh start, um, and bringing in key pieces like Mike Matheson, uh, Marcus Nudivara, uh, who hasn't seen a ton this year, but who played quite well last year for for the Panthers, um, and like you said, the draft. Um, the big piece, Devin Levi in the seventh round and then trading him away to acquire uh, Sam Reinhardt, who's got 72 points on the season. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like I can't, we can't even, we could put into the word, put into words, but um, it, it's really hard to uh, because he's just done such an incredible job. Yeah, no. And once again, we talk about the awards, knock on wood. I, you, you have to win a playoff round. You have to make some noise in the playoffs because they vote on the award after the second round of the playoffs. But Bill Zito, GM of the year, you know, deserved it last year, deserves it again this year. You hope the Panthers, you know, you know, live up to the expectations of the playoffs so that he can get that award. Not that anyone cares about those individual individual awards, you know, other than us, but it's so deserving. And I think, you know, right now, top GM in the NHL for sure. Yeah. And you know what, it would just, although, like you said, not a, not 
a ton of people care other than like the fan standpoint and the, and the people kind of paying close attention to it. But uh, it would be nice to see, see them get a little bit of recognition for the incredible, incredible job he's done. 100%. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that wraps us up right there. Um, pretty much, pretty much does it for everything, but I just want to say a big thanks uh, for taking the time and um, I hopefully we can do this again sometime uh, when we're, uh, we're hoisting the cup or deep in the playoff run or whatnot. So, but uh, I'm glad we could finally make this happen. And uh, I, uh, once again, big thanks. That right there will wrap up today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. I know I had a lot of fun talking with Jameson and uh, kind of releasing some of that, uh, that high blood pressure of the cardiac cats because um such a fun team to watch, but uh, you know what? They give you they give you a reason to watch for sure. They uh, they never give you a reason to turn it off, and uh, that's what's uh, so special about this team. So it's going to be really fun to see what they do, kind of moving forward. And then, like we talked about, as the season ticks down. Um, but in the meantime, all we can do is uh, give them support and uh, tune in here on uh, Straight Out of Sunrise and join the Panther Nation and experience it all together. Um, throughout the the deep playoff run the the Panthers are hoping to make so in the meantime make sure you guys go follow on Instagram and Twitter uh Twitter we do uh, live game updates here and there and Instagram you just get all that fun fun news um and fun photos and and whatnot fun little games and um, exchange and also uh, we are live on uh, TikTok now we've got a live TikTok account uh, and fun little videos on there and uh, little uh, little funny videos and clips on there so make sure you guys uh, go check those out and uh, stay tuned for for more uh, Panther Nation and until the next time let's go cats <laughs>